Oh, fuck. I got to get my fluids and now I got to move everything. Oh, God. Podcasting is so hard. Right? I don't think that's, I don't think that's spoken about enough. The plight, no. of the, the plight of the podcaster. COVID, everyone was like, when, uh, I'll start a podcast. It's so funny. I, when I, I brag to strangers that I meet sometimes and I, they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, hmm. sometimes I podcast. And they all think, oh, he did two episodes of a show that came out in 2021 and then <laughs> stopped doing it. But no, 2016. Mm-hmm. Pre-Trump. We're a pre-Trump podcast. Remember that? Remember, Remember those days? <laughs> Man, those days are so weird. Wow. They're so gone. <sighs> Man, when will it end? When will it end? Oh, yeah. That's the name of the show. Oh, fuck. Welcome to When Will It End? This is the final episode of the Ginverse. And I guess if... I don't know. I don't think I'd ever wish for this to end that would be such a that would be a bad wish i wish that it that it would literally never end that there's just an infinite right. an infinite wishmaster film playing constantly somewhere oh i meant our recording series oh. like it yeah but so that was like a nice wish but then the gin would just yeah fuck it up it would become unbearable honestly god god knows what the gin would do is god just and God's not invited to this party, Charles. <laughs> we should, um, that would have been amazing to get Jin on an episode and have the Jin be like another Discord head. Oh, yes. And all of our wishes are sort of like garbled through. I mean, this is such an old joke. It's not even that funny, but just like, remember like Zoom humor from like early COVID lockdown stuff? Like, mm-hmm. just sort of imagining a silly, uh, SNL skit from like 2020 about a gin like trying to hear the wish and he's like oh sorry you're lagging you're on mute Which... <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then he's on mute so no one can hear him oh my god that would be so funny um but yeah we're doing we're finishing up it's it's a it's a beautiful I don't think you've never been involved in a wrap up this is your first wrap up this is my first wrap up yeah <laughs> oh exciting this is great. This is Drew. For anyone who's, for some reason, just tuning into the Ginverse Part 4. If Wishmaster 4 Prophecy Fulfilled is your fa- that absolute favorite <laughs> film, and you're like, oh, fuck, they've finally done it. Somebody's done it. Honestly, we might be, I mean, it's very unlikely, but this might be the first podcast to devote an entire episode to Wishmaster the Prophecy Fulfilled. You would have to assume that this is the only time that two people have spoken about Wishmaster 4 out loud with a recording device in front of them. Like that, surely, we must be pioneers. I actually, I bought, oh wait, oh man, it's right there. It's not in reach, but I can <sighs> see the Blu-ray box set. Maybe no. I can just look it up. Um, but there might be uh, a commentary. They, someone might have actually sat down and done a, done a Blu-ray commentary for this. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. All right. Great. Put out my notes. Because I watched this. Um, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. I watched it about a week ago. But mm-hmm. it's still very fresh. I, mm-hmm. I found this movie to be very invigorating. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for how much I enjoyed this this film and how how yeah. not not and not even just that how good a film this actually is like 
the fourth film of a franchise has no business being this put together and I, I mean we'll get to it let's get it let's just 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 get stuck right in yeah because i think yeah we've i mean josh and i have explored and found fours that were really good mm-hmm. but it it's like i think it's yeah this movie is so different than everything that's come before it where like most fours really like say oh maybe we sort of lost away in three but we're still like trying to like re reconnect to one i think this movie like is just strangely doing its own thing yeah it, it's so it's like i don't know it's so funny because this movie this, these were shot at the exact same time as three same director same production crew mm-hmm. so this should be very similar to three in a lot of ways and it turns into like i don't know it's just like it's, this movie's fucking i love this movie i love wish match the prophecy fulfilled the prophecy's fulfilled dude just that alone 45 minutes in the prophecies fulfilled like and there's like where do you go from there and let yeah, me tell you I mean, you go to some beautiful beautiful places with this film. yeah so this is your first time my first time yeah so like you you love one yes you've seen that so many times so many God. times <laughs> yes. do you like when you watch it do you like did you like act it out like what's mm-hmm. your one yeah the bit yeah. i love the most the thing the fir- i think it's the first thing that caught me about Wish, the original Wishmaster film was the bit where he's outside of the pharmacy. He's just made a homeless man watch a mean pharmacist explode with cancer. And <laughs> it, the, the homeless guy runs away. And the Wishmaster says, like, run and tell who you can or who you will what you will. Run and tell them there is something loose in their city, something that feeds on wishes. And I would just do that all the time. <laughs> And like, so it's yeah. almost like I don't, I don't, I try not to sort of like do the lines along with the film, but I, but it takes every fiber of my being not to do that. Cause I want to just do gin voice along with every single fun line of the film. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one too, because it's like, it's not that menacing. Like, no, it's said in a very menacing way, but like runs on and you're expecting like, oh my God, death, mm-hmm. carnage. Mm-hmm. destruction mm-hmm. now it's just wishes wishes that's really nice mm. yeah wishes wishes god we i i mean i'm running on coffee right now mm. can you maybe the wishmaster should just try to cup a hot jaw jaw jo, joe joe just sit for a hot java do people say java still for coffee i almost tried to say it and it didn't work i mean i recognize it as a thing that people say about coffee but i don't I imagine if you said a cup of java to a 19 year old person these days they'd probably think you'd lost your mind yeah um what do you what do you say what's your british slang for a cup of hot java uh do you fancy a cuppa isn't that tea or is that can i that, can that i be? use that interchangeably uh, when that's I'm, confusing mm-hmm. hey well we're a, we're a, we're a confusing and uh contrary people the british is it just like context clues? Yeah. Or if you someone asks you for a cuppa, you say yes and hope you get what you want? Well, usually I will do a follow-up of uh, what you have in. Do you want tea or coffee? Okay. In that sort of very like, you've gone round to your auntie's house and like, do you want a cup of tea, love? Do you want some biscuits? This is me at work making a coffee for my colleague, basically. <laughs> you, having a cup, you having a cuppa, Perry? Tea or coffee? Lovely. And then I trot off and make it, yeah. 
That's so nice. Yeah. I'm, I, I could be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you have a you have a ability to make coffee at your job? We have you don't a, have to say what your job is. Uh I uh I work in an undisclosed like I work in an undisclosed location. Uh yeah, we have a, a kettle to boil hot water. We have a, a kettle. A, yeah, a, a freeze-dried coffee, instant coffee and a refrigerator with some milk inside and that's how we make it happen. Um and that's quite a common thing across across the UK. Wow. Most most places will have facilities for you to make a cup of tea or coffee damn listeners i hope that you were shutting your eyes during that because you got maybe the most intimate look into a london town (laughs) hello mary poffins (laughs) (laughs) wow so you and i'm all i'm imagining is that's it there's no it's sort of like a i don't know terry gilliam might be the wrong but just like it's just you and i guess the what was that show that show that was on Apple about workers. Everyone loved that show. But oh. workers losing their minds and then they go out and they're not workers, but they are workers. And then there's like innies and outies. Did you watch that? Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso. <laughs> Must have been Ted Lasso. It was Ted Lasso. So, yeah, in Ted Lasso, they uh, three people just are all just in an office building by themselves. Maybe it's The Office. I don't, I don't remember the name of the show. Let's call it The the office of Ted Lasso. The office of Ted. Was it telemarketers? Was it that no. program? No. It's Ted Lasso. Severance. It's Severance. It's Tev- it's Tev- Ted Lasso. I like Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso better. I've never seen it. Have you seen? Have you? Are you a Ted? A Ted head. You're a Ted. <laughs> no, I'm not. A t- I mean, I've seen a few episodes of it. It seems fine, but one of the major, um, one of its major falling points for me is it's about football or soccer, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I have no interest in football. Or soccer, so it kind of didn't really interest me that much. But it seems nice. It seems harmless enough, but I found it a bit sort of boring because I don't like sport. Okay, what if um, would you be interested in football or soccer if like office workers played instead of people that are good at it? Like, would okay. you watch if you heard about that the local pitch? I, I, you know what, I might head down to check it out at least once. Just to yeah. see. What if you found out that you were playing? Oh, I, w- I had to play. Yeah, yeah. Like, surprise, you've got to play football. I, I would scream and run away. <laughs> That's what Is football culture, like, really disgusting in the UK? Is it just, like, all lads in scarves beating the piss out of each other? I think that or is that's, it nice? it's, I think I, I know a lot of people that enjoy football um, and have a lovely time there with their families and partners. But I think like anything, there's always a, an element that ruins it for the, everyone else. And sometimes you get that with football. Um, yeah. But obviously I don't have fond memories of uh, sport or, you know, physical education classes when I was at school because I hated sport and it was terrible. But um, And you had that giant beard. I had the giant too, right? beard, of course, and being being an eight year old with a huge beard covered in covered in what looked like Russian prison tattoos, um, yeah, you're getting picked last every time, every time, every single time. Mm. Do they? Is, I love that this is sort of like a movie podcast, but also a, a cultural dive into the mm. the life of a a Londoner. I'm gonna stick with that of a Cockney. <laughs> do you? Did you do? Um, is that how have you picked teams in sport? Was like a raffle where two people got chosen to be the the leader, and they would just go one by one and pick their people on their team, or is it different? Yeah, no, that's a very familiar sounding 
uh, way of teams being established from from my youth. Yeah, it's a it is a not the nicest way to do things, but I guess it's a, they do it on Survivor, so it has to be okay. It must be okay if they're doing it on Survivor. Yeah. Are you excited? Are you are you a Survivor fan or no? I, I've never I've never seen. It. I'm only aware of it through through your your and Josh's conversations on on the podcast about it. Wow, I've never actually seen it. So the fact that we talk so one like in awe of it over and over again, and you still have not decided to watch it. Mm. Okay. Mm. Mm. I thought you cared about, you know, my opinions and things I'm interested in, but no, no, you just listening to it and you're okay okay that sounds great I, I really love how much you guys love it though i get the enjoyment from knowing that you guys are enjoying it uh season 45 begins um the day that this episode no never mind it already came out this episode's coming out on the second episode this episode's coming out on the second episode if that makes sense okay they're piggyback piggybacking on your marketing there survivor is very much capitalizing on, on right, right, right. They're like, yeah, like that. Was a good time to wishmaster. Yeah, wishmaster <laughs> four. Though the the gin verse is coming to an end, and what better time to kick off season forty five of Survivor? Everyone's going to be, I don't know, what frame of mind will that put America in after the gin verse ends? God, carnage! The end of an era. Yeah, maybe the end of all time. Actually, I have a really cool, really cool franchise lined up hopefully next because um we happen to be in a, a spooky month spooky day i don't i mean i could google it but like this is a friday the 13th in october and what better we've already unfortunately done the friday the 13th series of so course. we couldn't do that but um uh hopefully i'll have the another nice horror franchise lined up to start on friday the 13th right after yours is done exciting yeah this has been really fun though. I, I like I don't know I got to like some of the have you seen the Friday the 13th movies I've seen a handful of them and I couldn't say with any amount of confidence which ones I've seen but I've always found something to enjoy in the ones that I have yeah. seen for sure I, I think as I know that you really like um, Japanese horror mm. I think as a kid, like I grew up watching like Tetsuo as a mm. teenager or like early, like I think I saw Tetsuo when I was like 13 years old. Like if you watch Tetsuo and fucking all that weird shit when you're in high school and then someone's like, oh, let's watch Friday the 13th. And you're like, what the fuck is this boring ass <laughs> shit? Like American horror from the 80s, I think holds nothing to. Mm. Italian horror and Japanese horror from like the 90s and early 2000s. But hey, maybe uh, we'll see. I'm so we're going to do one of the big 3 American franchises and we'll see what happens. Mm, mm, mm. exciting. Yeah. Hopefully it's the the sweater knife man. The sw- sweater knife man. <laughs> wow. Are you tapping <laughs> the sn- <laughs> sweater knife man franchise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we're doing the Sweater Knifeman franchise. Exciting. Yeah. We should do Tetsuo sometime. I feel like you're a Tetsuo freak, right? Yeah, I would love to do Tetsuo. I've not even I've, I've actually haven't seen the the third movie, the Bullet Tetsuo the Bullet Man, I believe is the third. 
Yeah, people didn't like that movie. I love it. I think it, it's a fucking... That guy's amazing. Yeah. I remember seeing Bullet... Have you seen Bullet Ballet? No, but it's on my list of things I desperately do need to see. Yeah, I saw that, and it's just like... It's, yeah, life-changing. Oh, man. I hope that... I one of You know, this is an old man worry, I think. Mm. An, old, an old person worry. I'm almost 40. And I sort of fear that you know, like Netflix era makes it harder for young people to actually like, because DVDs are, no one's, no one's dealing with DVDs anymore. Maybe you can watch like Bullet Ballet. Mm. But I just like, I feel like the, the video store that was cool that had like curated areas of, like we had a weird shit section of yeah. the local video store. And it was just like all Japanese bootlegs Love from it. the people got on like eBay and stuff. And like, yeah, I don't know how, I hope that, kids are still finding that stuff somewhere i really do i guess the modern equivalent or the you know current equivalent of that is probably like torrenting and pirating films or like you know there's quite a lot of obscure movies like uploaded to youtube in full and you can just and they don't see they've been up there for like you know years and no one seems to take them down so i feel like there's a (laughs) almost uh like the because i had a very similar we had two um video rental shops in in the village that i grew up in one was a dedicated video shop and one was like a sweet shop news agent like with, with also a little video shop section and they had very curated like horror section sci-fi section there's a beaded curtain leading to a adult section that was never allowed mm-hmm. to go in and like i think that the equivalent of that now is like finding body melt on youtube and sharing that link with your friends going have you seen this movie it's incredible you know it's sort of like that right is the is the shady area of the video shop that we don't have anymore yeah yeah and i hope that they're still out there just like algorithmically i think it's like rather than celebrating cool stuff like when you go on a torrent site and you Mm. and you sort it by the number of seeds like it's all just marvel shit still it's like all just the popular shit that's Mm -hmm. being seeded Mm. and if you try to find a weird movie there's no fucking seeds and you get to Mm. 13 percent, then you just get stuck (laughs) at 13 percent because it's all leeches God, torrenting's so frustrating sometimes. It is frustrating. Unless you want to watch a, you know, a, a camera-ripped version of Shang-Chi and the, Le- the Legend of the Ten Rings or whatever, in which case you yeah. really are good to go at any time. That's true. I, I do. I think maybe the cam-rip era of my life, maybe that's... I, I'm having a very hard time engaging with modern Marvel movies, but maybe if I watch the cam-rip, I think that might hit better. I think a nice cam-rip of... Uh... Captain America to the Winter Soldier is probably what you need. Yeah, I don't like that one. And I, maybe I should watch it. Maybe I should just like put it through a bunch of like download the rip, get it into Premiere mm-hmm. and then just like fuck with the colors, invert it, duplicate it, mm-hmm. make it a total mess. I think I'd actually enjoy watching or yeah, oh man, I have so many ideas now how to watch Winter Soldier, one of my least favorite Marvel movies. But I guess not. There's, I don't know. Have you watched any of the phase four marvel movies so phase four is that the are they the ones that were kind of delayed because of covid like was it yeah black, black widow and is it those yeah ones? quantum mania man oh. amy and i got like 10 minutes into quantum mania and it's literally michael douglas like and paul rudd uh just like vacantly it's like they all have alzheimer's they all are just like vacantly <laughs> talking to no one what it is around it's, each it's, other it's michael douglas and paul rudd as Rick and Morty. Like, basically, it's what it feels like. It feels like an episode of Rick and Morty. It the, does, actually. 
I I found Quantumania uh, tedious in terms of the story, which was basically nothing. But I did enjoy the wacky designs of all the aliens and stuff in the quantum realm. But it's it just seems like a next movie drip feed delivery system. Like the, the the Marvel movie you're currently watching is just drip feeding you the bits of the next movie. And yeah, they don't seem to. There doesn't seem to be that much quality control for like the story that those little drip feedy bits are nestled into, which is how you end up with Quantumania. The best bit was when Michael Douglas goes, "Holy shit, that guy looks like broccoli." That's like yeah. literally the best part of the film. I didn't get that far, and you're the no. second person who's told me that's the best part of the movie. And also, um, it doesn't. It hits differently now. The um, I forget the the actor who plays Kang, but obviously he got he's. Whipped up in some allegations of uh, spousal abuse, so watching him yelling and punching stuff at the end of the movie doesn't really doesn't really feel that great. Oh God. <laughs> like on the on the back end of that, I think there's no movie now that if if your movie has a man in it, uh, good luck aging mm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just with the dinner scene and they're like the opening lunch was it even just like lunch? It wasn't even dinner where they all were like sitting at a table. Oh, it was like I a was breakfast like, nook type situation, I think, isn't it? Like a would be nicer. Oh, Michael, Paul, oh man, <laughs> them in a little nook together. Oh. I went to, to Troy, New York, for the first time um, over the the week, and oh, there was wow. some like homeless man screaming, and he was he honestly looked a lot like Michael Douglas, and he sounded like Michael Douglas. I thought it might have been him. This guy looks like it. broccoli. <laughs> I forget what he was screaming about. Um, I can't spell quantum. I'm just getting quantum of solace. Quantum mania should just come up for me, right? I just want. Oh, here it is. There it is. Just trying to find out who uh, who's uh, can't, who's who plays. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Majors, all that shit. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, baby. I forgot his name. <laughs> Gross. Good. Forget all their names. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the start of Wishmaster Four. Oh yeah, sorry, Wishmaster colon the prophecy, fucking fulfilled. That didn't finally really sink in. Yeah, like you see, you hear that subtitle and you're like, okay, that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. That could never happen. Wow. Um, what you the opening is? I think if so, if you sort of give the opening of this movie is is bonkers. Um. But I think it takes, for me, the whole movie, by the end, I really appreciated it. At first, it felt very weird. What, what were your thoughts on the opening? I, 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 loved, I loved it because it, it does a similar thing to the, the movie The Room, which is it top loads the film with a sex scene. Like Almost immediately in the film, yeah. there are two, two people having sex. They break the bed. There's lots of passionate lovemaking happening and then it immediately after they've almost at the point of like they've just finished and they're toweling themselves down three years later like we're, it's like okay so three years precisely three years after these two people fucked we're picking right back up. <laughs> like yeah i didn't take very many notes but one of them was uh three years later question mark question mark yeah yeah but the funny thing is that by the end of the movie, it all makes sense. And it's like, mm, oh, this. Mm-hmm. So I think if I were to remake 
Wishmaster the Prophecy Fulfilled, which I'm saying, you don't need to. This is a four-star movie. This is fine. (laughs) You don't need to remake this. But I think what, if you injected micro flashbacks throughout the movie of their Mm. beautiful time together, Mm. rather than, as you said, top-loading, like, basically a softcore porn scene into the beginning of the movie. Because basically the the feeling, like, by the end of this movie, when you feel the loss of what they had, it actually is quite, it's affecting. That is, it is very affecting. Like, I was surprised at how much I cared at the end. I didn't expect yeah. it to be so emotionally potent, shall we say. So maybe, honestly, I don't want to remake it. Maybe this is on me for, like, assuming... Like, and who knows? The filmmakers were probably making this just to have a sex scene at the beginning of a movie. But it's like, if it takes 90 minutes for me to suddenly care about what I thought was just like a trivial tit scene, and suddenly like that is transformed by the end of a movie, honestly, that's some pretty magical filmmaking. And that movie's Wishmaster 4. <laughs> yeah, the prophecy fulfilled. It was, ful- it was fulfilled fully, in my view. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the opening is it's wonderful. They so they there's a camcorder shit happening, and they're also list. What's the? Do you know what song was playing over it? I don't. I can. I mean, when I was listening to it, I was, I was like, I can only assume that this is the Dandy Warhols. I'm not that familiar with the Dandy. It felt like a, a Dandy Warhols adjacent band. The lyrics yeah, were incredible to that <laughs> in that song, though. They were very so generic that they were amazing. Yeah, I unfortunately wasn't into this kind of music from this era, but mm-hmm. it definitely, uh, it, it was like, just like 2000. I mean, I don't think. There's I Need You by Vibrolux. I think that might be the, one, the song in question, you know? Yeah. yeah and they're just like, they, they buy a house, you see them move in, they're like, mm-hmm. cam, they're, they're switching between just like the movie POV or whatever, and then the camera POV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pushes over the the for sale sign which is great we get that scene I think three times in the movie <laughs> we get that and the two flashbacks throughout of him pushing over the for sale sign it's lovely um, they, it's a disgusting house I also love that they like they bought like a true I mean fixer upper is not even uh, that's, that's a condemned building that should just be toppled over it looks like it should be haunted. And by the end of the movie, we understand it because it's like, uh, fuck, is it the thing they... Yeah, I think I should compare the thing to Wishmaster the Prophecy Fulfilled. Isn't it in the thing they actually like shoot the whole movie in the, in the base and then they destroy the whole base? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by the end of Wishmaster the Prophecy Fulfilled, we understand why they had just like such a rundown piece of shit house because at the end of the movie, they fucking destroy the house. That's it. That's exactly it. They need, needed to be in such a state of disrepair that it wouldn't matter for them to absolutely destroy it in the production of the film. Yeah. It's honestly pretty smart. Uh, and we get a sense that they are building. I think that's like, this movie is very whiplashy, quick, just mm. like something like, oh, the happiest couple in the world, three years later. Uh, what? They now hate each other. And I don't mm-hmm. know. But it's just like, I was not, sh- it's so fun to like watch and be like sort of Mm. unimpressed by a tawdry opening like oh this is just silly and then I love it when he's so she's posing she's doing like a full this was after Titanic right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it would be wouldn't it it's 2002 I think yeah so this is like a Titanic scene where 
he's for some reason drawing her. Uh, she has covered her genitals, yet he still draws. I, I love that the details that he like draws her pussy from memory is so <laughs> fucking funny. You can you can like, keep that covered up. I, I I can remember what that looks like. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but it's like why? What is this? I mean, it must have been just a rating issue. But there's like, she's like obviously behind pillows, and yet he still draws the, the mons pubis, in life. Boy, does detail. he! <laughs> Exquisitely rendered. <laughs> oh God! Uh, but yeah, fun. Um, and then suddenly a hard cut to three years later, and she's walking into the weirdest house ever constructed. It look. It just looks like the place that they would shoot pornography that's true so they shot porn in a in a rundown like heroin house and then they shoot the rest of the movie in a porn house <laughs> interesting um what were what were your thoughts on the doors in this house because this i've never seen doors like this do you know what i'm talking about i you're gonna have to remind me of the doors because i was much more uh much more entranced by the creepy gliding man that was slinking around but we'll get to him um so they they go to the rich house uh it turns out to be the lawyer who's working on the settlement case for i don't remember his name is her husband's um, sam Sam? man yes yeah man yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah it's just just man uh no i think you're right it is sam it's sam and steve sam and steve yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah ladies um He's the, he's a rich lawyer guy, and he has a double door, double door situation going on in his house. Do you remember this? So two opening like that, like like a cupboard door type grand entrance doors. Yeah, but then there's two more doors, so you have to open. <laughs> I can't believe you don't remember this. Every time let they open just, the doors, let I was me like, just. <laughs> Honestly, I would I would take a quick break so you can remind yourself of I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the file and, and look right now while while we're doing this. Because uh I watched this film twice as well. I should I really should remember the door. It's absolutely insane. It's like literally so you open a door and then it's like when you go to a hotel and for some reason there's like doors between hotel rooms that you used to I don't know, I've never been in a hotel that had that, but in like movies from the seventies that was you could like put your laundry between there's like a laundry door or dry cleaning door. I don't know. Interesting. So you, you could hang your suit up in a door that you could open, but then lock that door so that the cleaners could then open a second door and grab the suit without going into your, your room. Wow. That's that's quite the configuration of doors. So this is Lisa, Lisa, right? Lisa's the Lisa, yeah, yeah. Lisa opens one door, but then Steve has to open a second door. So it's it. You have to open two doors to get into this person's house. It's not even like a bank. This is like this is. I don't understand. Wait, are you watching it? I'm watching it right now. Yeah, door, and immediately behind it, another door (laughs) that opens. That is that is madness. That's actual madness. If anybody's interested, the timestamp, it's around five minutes and 25 seconds into the film, you will see door insanity. I can't believe I overlooked that the two <laughs> times that I watched this film. And it happens multiple times. That's just the wow. first occurrence. 
Wow. She leaves, and then she also comes back later. So there's three times where it's six times doors are opened when there should have just been three. That's lawyer, lawyer money. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I can. You'd have one door, you fucking twerp. Look at me. Mm-hmm. I've got four doors to my house. My opening, the opening hole in my house is four doors. God, rich people are so fun. They're so cool. <laughs> so random. I would never think of that. If I had a billion dollars, I would never think to have two doors when I just need one. Just you could, if you could wish for anything. <laughs> right. I would never. I would never think about it. If I had a gin and he said, I'll give you anything you want, I'd never think about that. Double door. <laughs> Double door. Wow. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you noticed it now. You'll never unnotice that. Now every time you walk into a building, you'll be like, oh my God, is this going to be a double door? That's how it, my whole life now after Wishmaster the Prophecy Fulfilled is now, but just like fear of double doors. It's intense paranoia. Right, because like, what if you're running away from someone and you're like, oh, I'll quickly duck into this rich person's house because the door is unlocked. Mm. And then you just break your nose on the second mm-hmm. door, one inch into the house. But that's how Wishmaster the Prophecy Fulfilled can get, in, get into you, can invade you. One of the many ways. Yeah. Um, but, but I I think the movie, this the fact that the first three movies were all about like, wish man trying to get you to make wishes and the mm. hero being like no i don't want to make wishes you're just gonna fuck me up with my wish mm-hmm. um it's fun you know wishmaster one very fun mm-hmm. wishmaster two pretty fun and then like that thing is like it's just sort of losing power it's like mm. three movies in we're still doing uh how do i how do i get around making wishes and ooh, look at all the funny things that happen when you wish for something and it's it does it wrong uh Wishmaster 4 makes the wise choice of not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved it. It was honestly really interesting what they did. Like the, the introduction of the, of the, you know, strained relationship between Lisa and Sam. Sam, incidentally, has been, was paralyzed in a bike accident, I believe. And yep. Steve is helping uh, Sam and Lisa sort out the compensation. And I think taking it to this very sort of ground level of like the 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 gin targeting one individual but actually i don't know it it just felt like he'd thought he'd, he'd give it he'd given it a couple of tries and thought i'm gonna do it this way this time i'm gonna right. seduce seduce the normal way like this is it's so funny that the whole i was the wishmaster one was Wes craven and a bunch of idiots being like what if a wish guy just like was like was mean and mm-hmm. didn't hide it. And it's fun and scary and it was cool. But I honestly really like this. Like, he is always just pretending to be nice. She doesn't have to do research into the occult. Like, I've I've enjoyed that. But mm-hmm. again, like, a franchise can't just continue to redo the things that we like. And I love this movie. It's like, we're actually just going to make this about a three-way. This mm. is about a romance that is dead and this woman needs out and she happens to fall in love with a genie an evil jinn and it's like so like she wishes for the money and it, it does result in a beautiful scene of a man ripping himself apart on the phone oh my god so oh. good so good yeah and then she wishes for him steven to be able to walk again mm-hmm. and 
so these are all wishes that are like good and the genie rather than being like let me fuck with your mind and life he's like great granted i can mm-hmm. get that done for you um so when she, 45 minutes of the movie she fulfills the prophecy you're like wow this this worked now what so now if this were a wishmaster one i feel like we would have gotten like 20 minutes of demons like taking over the earth and all this shit that's actually would have been pretty boring, I think, cause especially with a budget like this. Mm-hmm. But instead, we just get like, uh, uh well, yeah, the, what, what, when she wishes for that, what was 40, this is your first time watching it, 45 minutes mm-hmm. in, you're like, what's going to, wh- where can this go? Well, there's that beautiful scene where she, she makes the final wish and the djinn kind of has this surprised expression on his face and the lighting changes and he goes, the final wish. And it, I was just like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, yeah. all bets are off. No, <laughs> like, what's going to happen? It was, it was a, for the first time in probably two movies worth of Wishmaster, I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen now. Like, it felt yeah. new. And that, I think, is because of the relatively more restrained and pared down approach that the djinn took to achieving his goals. He, like you said, just gave Lisa, gave her the, well, you know, the third wish we'll get to, but um, it just, it felt like, yeah, he'd got, he'd approached it in a much more methodical way and he just needed to get that, he just needed to get the prophecy fulfilled. Like, he just needed to get that done at this point. He's, he tried it before a different way, didn't work, and now He's on track, and I was excited, and it—I don't think it disappointed. I think it was a roller coaster. The, the back half of this movie is a roller coaster of many, many things I enjoy a lot. Yeah, yeah, and the the listener, um, since we haven't mentioned the third wish, because you know the third wish has often been—that's uh, why I liked three was that there was no third wish. I really respected that decision too. But the third. Oh, a lot of time travel shit. I think that's mm-hmm. like, they just were like, hmm, how do we third wish it so that it doesn't actually fulfill the prophecy? And they've, it's all been time travel. Um, so I, I like that this, so the third wish is I want, I wish I could love you for who you truly are, which mm, I think it's a weird wish. I don't really, what do you, I like the wish, but I also don't really know why Lisa at this point is wishing like for who does who does she think he truly is? A lawyer? Is that the like what's the truly part of that? If only I could love a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I can't, Steve. I'm very sorry. I think I mean that's what I enjoyed about the wish though because it's she doesn't know that she's talking to a gin. By the right. by, uh, certainly in Wishmaster one and two, by the time a third wish is even, or the concept of the wishes, like the per- the person is aware that they are up against a supernatural force, so they have to make that wish to like, I wish to undo all this crazy shit that's happened, and this one guy was still alive or whatever. Whereas in Wishmaster four, Lisa sort of almost absent-mindedly under her breath, I had to rewind the movie like a couple of times Me to, too. to actually hear what yeah. the wish was because it was so which i think if it's not a deliberate mark on the part of the filmmakers it's a happy accident because it's such so said such under her breath but she, but it's still a wish so 
she but she doesn't know that she's making a wish she's just sort of absent-mindedly um sort of talking to herself and that's what makes it so interesting because you've got the 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 gin himself says like he actually can't full make that's only a wish that lisa can fulfill like he can't it's not like it's not as easy as making a lawyer fuck themselves or a man explode with cancer or whatever it's like you know so it actually goes from being like you know dumb sort of scary movie to like wrestling with some or slightly larger philosophical topics than a film like this would usually go near and i was quite i was quite quite impressed i'd say yeah no it's uh and i love that you even get a sense that he's not that interested in fulfilling the prophecy at this point like Mm. the the weird demons are shimmering through and they're like and the uh, fulfill the wish fulfill the prophecy we must come through and he's like "Mm, i don't know man i don't know that if i can i'll see what i could do yeah hold on yeah what's the heart what is there a hard deadline on this let me see what i can (laughs) come up with and he's just like lingers and then there's the fucking badass beautiful um I, like he seemed like straight out of Buffy, the guy that with the big sword. Oh yeah, the guardian. So yeah, the 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 statue for some reason, and I think I think is it the statue of Ahura Mazda from like mm-hmm. the first film, which is a nice touch. Suddenly, just turns into like a hunky dude with a big sword, and right. like an actual not not euphemistically like an actual large sword. And um, right, right, he's right. just suddenly in the mix. At one point, he decapitates a, a co-worker of, of, of Lisa's because, you know, <laughs> that needed to happen, and that was great. Sick. Like, she yeah, posed no um, threat whatsoever. You have a sword and are clearly some sort of supernatural deity. Uh, this is simply a human being. But, yeah, she gets decapitated, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is never touched upon again. I love I love the, the like, incidental deaths in this. I think yes. they're that scene is great because like he is he's a fucking guardian an 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 ageless guardian from millennia Mm -hmm. millennia of existence and he does not give a fuck about tina at the sexy the sexy vampire clothing store which i love that little piece of information that uh lisa owns a, a sexy like goth clothing store with a sex another sexy lady and they have a very like close relationship which is nice i really enjoyed the relationship between those two and especially the uh the the very brief bit where lisa's mentioning like the reason that she opened the boutique was so that it was somewhere safe for women to shop where not many men were yeah i was like that's actually a really positive message to have weird nestled weirdly into this like yeah it's so nice yeah it's like and and i love how the uh, her her colleague was talking about Mercury passing through his fourth house and stuff like that, and it was all very like, oh, these guys. Yeah, and then her death scene is wild. Um, her, the partner, I guess her name is Tracy, maybe Tracy. Um, I think, I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, where uh, she's just like she's so open, and it's actually strange. Like we're watching season two of Survivor right now, where. Mm sexuality it's like 2000 same era 2001 Mm, mm. and like to watch a movie where she's just like not just like talking about sex in a sexier but just like talking about like a healthy relationship with this gym who's like how do i fall in love with with lisa and she's like oh and she actually gives him like really nice advice about how to be a lovable man and then 
she makes the unfortunate wish of being what was it fucked f- hard fu- what was it like, it was um some real killer sex killer sex that's it um and it was cool she's really kinky she's like into being dominated and you know and then she gets unfortunately the wish is fulfilled by i don't know what killed her kill fucked did she, her did she just like come to death was it just just literal orgasms in and then you're dead and then you're dead like too many orgasms and you die i so here's the thing i mean i'm maybe well i'm, I'm gonna need my opinion mm. and you know i'm just one mm, man cool. this opinion is worthless mm. but i think being fucked is different than coming that's true right so like if i wish to have killer sex these all involve sex of some kind mm. and it's i feel like there needs to it doesn't necessarily need to be a part well maybe there. i don't know what do you think if you want to have sex if you're like i want to have sex today mm. does that that's sh- that involves a partner at least one partner yeah i'm trying to think mm. of like how you'd use that word to mean just like flying a pole wall. yeah like it, i i think when i think about sex i ge- gen- generally don't think about levitating off the ground and coming so hard that i die as some uh, with someone else in the room but nowhere near me <laughs> meters away from me yeah i will le- i'll just levitate and come and die yeah <laughs> yeah but hey i'm just one I'm just- <laughs> my opinion is probably useless that might be what people mean when they want us to have sex, is levitate in the air and die. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a great scene, though. She's awesome. She, I don't think she earned MVP because she wasn't in the movie enough. But hey, maybe. I really love Tracy. Tracy was... She was, she was a highlight, for sure. But that's what I like about this movie. You've got the core trio of, of Lisa, Sam, and the Jin, And then you've got these little sprinkling of other characters that don't appear in there for long. And it's almost in the proud tradition of the other wishmaster films that have come yep. come before yep. it like the people that meet their ends by the wishmaster sort of like when he's just sort of fucking about on the side and getting a few extra souls he likes to trick people there's some really good memorable people like another person that i wish had gotten a more graphic uh death scene i guess was the guy behind the bar in the uh strip uh, club yeah. that that after spouting some Pretty not okay stuff about uh, the uh, dancers working there. Says he would like to become a pimple on her butt, and he does become a yeah. pimple on her butt. But you don't, you don't see like a tiny pimple with his face going like, "Oh God, I'm on a butt," or whatever. Like he just disappears, which is, I guess, sinister in a way. I I would have liked. I we don't see the prophecy fulfilled, and we also don't see the man becoming a pimple be fulfilled, and that was. He, I think he might be my MVD. Um, mm. I haven't decided yet, but like, I, probably not because just I didn't get to see it. Mm. But what a great like your wish. Be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. I love that he's a very literal genie this time, and I love mm. that. Like we know, even though we don't get to see it, we know that he's now just suddenly a tiny pimple on her ass for the mm. rest of his life. Mm. He's not even dead. And he's also, I think, you know, I was thinking that as well that the the wishes. We've spoken before about wording the wishes more carefully and being much more clear about what you want from the wish as a way of, of not, not getting killed or screwed over. And obviously, Steve does this at the start of the movie because 
Um, it was the part where Steve asks the gin to like stop playing games and tell me what you really want. And the gin says like, I need three wishes from the waker. Um, oh, and now I'm going to take your soul. And also I'm going to rip your face off, steal your identity. Like, it, yeah, the gin is, you know, he's, he's just, he's, he's doing as he's requested. He seems very willing, Great. willing to, to grant people's wishes in this. Yes. I love it. So, um, we haven't really talked about the main relationship of this movie, which is mm. um, so Lisa and Sam are they fucking love each other. He he draws her naked, the mm-hmm. sign of the healthiest relationship. Uh, he gets into a motorcycle accident and is in a wheelchair, and he just becomes like jealous and just the like most annoying guy. Mm. And uh, it's a it's a great setup. So she's like sort of so before the genie takes the lawyer's head he's even he like proposed basically like he gives her the genie's stone as like a gift accidentally mm-hmm. he thinks it's just a nice box mm. and has the, the stone inside um but like he already want they already like you get the sense that they're already like not fucking yet but sort of she is mm. you know she's sick of sam and was like this guy seems nice yeah and the genie just sort of takes over with that so he's never creating some he's always just like I wouldn't call him passive, but he's not imaginative in this movie. He really is just like the most literal version. Like, oh, I am now this guy that she sort of likes. I will just use that to get her to make wishes normally. And hey, this is actually fucking working for once. Why am I being so mean in the three other movies? This is great. And honestly, it's, it's, the, it's the look on the Jin's face when he says the final wish. And he knows the prophecy. Yeah. He's like, fuck, it worked. Oh my God, it this worked. is great. <laughs> um i love the that um sam he tries to do the thing where he makes sam wish for something so that he can Mm. fuck up something Mm. and sam doesn't do it and i think that's a really interesting like character choice that he is this like really sullen jealous guy and he's just like get the fuck out of here i don't like you i'm not gonna even play around with you and then by the end of the movie he wishes to be able to kill like to have the the tools to kill the djinn and mm. the djinn just like great here's the evil here's the sword that can kill me yeah cuz he's he just knows that it doesn't matter he's very literal and it's i think that's like what a great move for the 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 djinn verse to mm. show us what would happen if the genie wasn't such a little trickster well this is this plays into my theory of like it's a, it's obviously a different djinn like wishmaster 3 it's a different djinn the Jin in Wishmaster One and Two was like he he was he was new to the job, or he's like the boss's right. the boss's nephew Corey, and he just accidentally got into the Jin department, and now he's out there going like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll make your lawyer fuck themselves." <laughs> Whereas this Jin's like, "No, right. I, I'm getting this shit done. I need to get my boys through the big fiery door and onto Earth. So we're gonna need yes. three wishes. Thank you very much. I'm taking your face." Pronto. Um, and I, yeah, just this fucking. End of this movie when the djinn is now confronted with needing to be loved for mm. the wish to be fulfilled. And suddenly he's like, oh, but I sort of want to be loved. Mm. And the end of the movie is just like psychotic where the guy who can suddenly walk again is like trying to save Lisa's life for some reason. And he's just like, join me. You'll be the number. You'll be my by right by my side as we 
destroy earth and command it. Or you can be thrown into hell. But he's like now, like, he's been, like, he wants the wish fulfilled as much as Lisa. Not not to let the legions out, but to actually, like, be comforted and loved, which mm. the genie has never had before. Exactly. It's such like a, honestly, this is, movie is fascinating. And uh, if anyone's seen the shitty res- reviews on Letterboxd and everything, it's like, this movie fucking rules. And mm. if you're into mm. horror at all. Watch the fucking Wishmaster series. It's a delightful and strange. It is, it's it, so good. It is. It's. It's. I. I wasn't disappointed by a single film in this. In this four film series, like I knew, my my affection for one and two is well documented amongst people that know me and now forever on the internet. But I'd never really spent enough time with three or four or any time with four specifically to form any kind of opinion and. What they did with it is great because it it doesn't lose its sense of fun or kind of mischievous energy throughout. It just kind of tweaks the story around it. And that's so much more obvious in three and four, given as well that these two films, three and four, were filmed back to back over 16 days. Yeah. That's insane. They're so different. They're so so different. I mean, it's, it's clearly like it's got that same guy playing the gin in makeup who I've come to refer yeah. to as Horny Gin, because this is a horny movie. There are a lot of yeah. there are a lot of buttocks and a lot of exposed breasts in this movie. Yeah. There's a, a one point where the gin in his guise as Steve and uh Lisa have sex, and the noise that the actor that plays Stephen makes when he climaxes in that sex scene, I was like, did, did they just have sex? Is that it's like is this a porno? Because he's just like, yeah. oh god, ah, ah, oh god. Like for yeah. ages, it's so funny. Yeah, he's so good. It's such a horny movie. Yeah, and it, and it, but it doesn't lose doesn't lose its playful, zany kind of cartoony edge. It just sort of pairs it down as the films two, especially three and four. And and I don't think that's to be maligned at all. I think it's it, it benefits that it benefits the series overall because it means it's a cohesive series of series of films that all feel like they've belonged together. I think. Yeah. I love it. And it's like, honestly, I'm not wishing for anything because <gasps> I've learned to be careful. Mm-hmm. But I now see two, and I think we're going to get to it with our rankings because mm, I, I think I forgot to tell you. But um, I do, we need, do need to do some rankings. But like two feels like the most unnecessary now. I Actually, I love what it did. Never mind. It's just like, it is the most like connected to the first one. Mm-hmm. It does feel very much like a sequel to one where three and four just feel like exactly what we we're talking about at the end of one like oh this is so easily turned into like a uh a a weekly mm. tv show mm. where every week you just get a new adventure with a, a fucking gin absolutely and three and four are like they really feel so much more personal where three was like about a group of friends mm-hmm. and they're just a nightmare of trying to not be fucked by a gin <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and then four is like this like weird love triangle between people that don't understand each other that's why i love so at the end of this movie i'm gonna i'm gonna jump into my mvd do it uh steven steven wishes for the tools to kill the gin but is then immediately impaled on the sword so that's why i love i love that the guardian is introduced as you know he does some fun shit but ultimately he is a 
plot tool to get the sword into mm. this into the movie. He's a sword delivery guy. Yeah, he it, there's a silly fight scene where he's using the most powerful sword in the universe against a stick and loses. So uh not the be- the best fight scene. Um but certainly certainly a fight scene that occurs in the film. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah oh man this director loves men chasing cars yes this uh, this like the end of three the middle of four where the guardian is chasing lisa yes uh honestly good car shit there's some great stunts in in three and yeah. four like actual stunts like cars flipping over yeah and i'm always yeah, a lisa fan crashes of in this one it's yeah so good honestly it's like i haven't seen fast 10 yet but it's like CGI cars are fun, but like actually watching cars just like smash and blow up and shit, it's like wow, they act, like it's visceral, especially when done well. This movie is like that scene was weird in a good way. Um, so Steven wishes for the sword, he gets the sword, he gets killed by the sword, and and then suddenly the gin just has like five minute nightmare where Lisa's running away and it's like, oh, psych, <laughs> it's actually a maze of death and you just like keep coming she just like keeps coming back to the room even though she's running away it's a very cool scene mm. um it sort of reminded me of like uh fulci or bava just like mm. very inexpensive way to be trippy and weird mm. where she's just like running through it uh hands are like popping out of the hallway yes and then she's yeah. suddenly back with the genie yeah and so and it's like the end of this movie is like just she's just been like trying to be convinced to join him which mm. is very fun and then she and then in his final act steven's like i'll hold the sword with my heart cavity if you push the genie in like a three stooges move onto me <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah another good i like that the genies get killed in three and four rather than like undone through wish time travel mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm a fan of that um and yeah and then she just fucking walks out of the house and Steven's dead the Jin's dead hey and she gets to fucking start over which if there's one thing this franchise is all about it's about women being given a chance to rid themselves of all the shitty men in their lives mm. yeah that's something that I picked up on like it's weird that that is a through line in all four films but it is definitely definitely there and I love that I think it's great yeah and this is unfortunately like Two is fun because it sort of shows like a really powerful woman who lo- who like loses the person that she loves, mm. and through the power of Christ, she sort of <laughs> completely erases her identity and falls in love with someone else. Which is, I, I sort of like an inversion on that, where she doesn't lose the shitty men in her life; she just is forced to endure the shitty men. But yeah, yeah, that through line is great, and I love that at the end of this movie, Stephen dies, and she just like walks away, and there's like a. You see the house, like it's a quick flashback again to the opening scene, and suddenly that opening scene is like really yeah. powerful because it's gone. And that, and that really got me. I really effect, on the on the especially on the second viewing, I was just like, wow! I almost stood up and applauded the TV because it is it's really well done. Again, for for the fact that it's a you know the third sequel to a daft horror film, but also it felt convincing it felt you know it was melodramatic and it, but it carried some emotional weight and that yeah those the minimal use of the flashbacks see what wishmaster 4 does is it trusts the viewer to remember that from the beginning and go that's good and they yeah. they delivered yeah yeah absolutely so mvd is steven i think the fact that he dies like this isn't a movie about repairing their relationship he fucked it up mm. he like 
I mean, obviously it's through his own trauma, mm. but rather than asking for help, he for three years just treats the person he loves like shit. And you know, I love this movie. It's like this is not something that can be fixed. Like huh? this relationship should end, and there it goes. And she's now the house is destroyed. Steven's dead, and she gets to um, find a new business partner. Which that's honestly going to be the hardest thing to replace, Tracy. Yeah, you are going to struggle because, and also both business partners. Well, your business partner and the the person that worked in the shop who was decapitated. Don't don't forget. <laughs> yeah. But she's just unskilled labor. I'm sure you could get anyone to do that. Well, yeah, that's it. You just, you know, remember, remember, yeah. Yeah. Remember, she was like, she's like, I, I can't do my job because Tracy's not, like, she's not coming in and inventory needs to get done. And she's like, Tina, do inventory yourself. Yeah, Tina. But hey, you know what, Tina? Maybe she's quiet quitting because she's only getting paid $12 an hour. And mm-hmm. it's like, fuck, I'm mm-hmm. not getting paid to do this shit. Absolutely. In this economy, um, who is your MV- MVD? My MVD, it'll probably be no surprise to you that the scene where the djinn calls the lawyer for the other side and convinces them to settle the case and the lawyer on the other end of the phone chops his own nose off, uh, pulls his own tongue out, um, yep. like... Signs, uh, signs a fax, sends a fax, and then blows his own brains out. All yep. whilst the wishmaster yep. is doing sort of punny, like "You better hold your tongue whilst I talk to you," and like making out to, you know, Lisa, who's in the same room as the gin that he's just having a conversation with this guy. And then at the other end of the of the phone, the the lawyer is you know brutalizing himself, and the people are looking through a window and pounding on the window. It felt that Incredible. felt the most wishmaster one and two kind of death yeah. and that i really enjoyed that because that was very at one point there's just a tongue and a nose chopped off nose lying in a puddle of blood on the table and i was delighted delighted by that it is a delight it is the most uh i honestly it might be the only real wish early Wishmaster style mm. violence that is in the movie and it's it's great it's so fucking funny and it's it's great it's it's visceral i love the idiots outside the office all they're doing is just like lightly tapping like imagine you're in your uh ted lasso style office offering to make a cuppa for Mm -hmm. um someone else and they're behind a glass door Mm -hmm. and they're ripping their tongue out Mm. and they're they're ripping their nose off and they're about to shoot themselves Mm. it's a glass door and Mm. they're just like oh Hey, uh, they're just like lightly. Well, we're, you'd bust that door, right? Yeah, True? you would be throwing uh, maybe a chair or a table at, at the at the window, trying to break it. At, le- at the very least, checking to see if the door is open to physically it's like restrain. Two minutes. It's, it's a two minute scene where he's just like destroying himself. Yeah, it's a pro. It's prolonged like... self mutilation, and uh, they are just sort of tapping on the window and going, oh, "Wow, oh no, hey, stop doing that! Don't do that!" <laughs> That's not great. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's funny. I wonder what the edit, like why they decided to have those two people in there. It seems completely unnecessary, but it's a great scene. Um, it kind of gives you all the gore. It kind of get. I didn't really m- miss the the ridiculous deaths that you had in earlier Wishmaster films because we had that non that one early on, and that kind of really that sort of set the tone. That sort of gave me what I needed. And then right, right, right. throughout the rest of the film, I I didn't even notice that I was missing an ego because I wasn't because the rest of the film is so engaging and I, it, it, it makes it makes more of the 
human interaction or, you know, quote unquote, human interaction between the gin and uh, Lisa and her, and her boyfriend, you know, so there's more sort of emotional horror happening than there is f- right. physical horror. Yeah, for me, it's, it's similar to the the guy walking through the jail cell in two, mm. where it's like you don't really get much like that throughout. So it's enough to uh, feed that need mm. early mm. on. And then you can just sit sort of like, you know, in Thanksgiving, you have your nice big Thanksgiving meal, and then it, it just sort of carries you through the football until you pass out. Yeah. Or sorry, uh, wait, fo- American football. American football, and uh, it's yeah, not yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's just late November for us over here. We don't we just <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> late November. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I think to go into MVP for the movie, mm-hmm. I'm not giving it to. I'm going to mention because there's also we mentioned the through line of women either being overtaken or removing the shitty men in their lives. Mm-hmm. Bouncers is a through line mm-hmm. in the wishmaster and this has i don't know if he's better than yeah i'm gonna say it better than johnny valentine Whoa. i'm gonna say it better than johnny valentine i'm gonna say it i love this guy he's so fucking good and he's so era appropriate as well you can just imagine the kind of music that this guy's listening to in his oh, in yeah. his truck on the way home like it's that it's just dripping with 2002 and I love the fight scene that, that him and, and the gin have in that alleyway behind the strip club. It is, it's, it's almost as good as the fight scene in They Live. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of that. And honestly, it's in some ways better. I mean, I know that scene is iconic. Mm. But this scene has like the genie, again, literal genie, full through and through. He is trying to get this guy to make a wish and the guy is not. And he's the genie is just getting beaten up, and mm. the weird like kink dom shit continues here. Or the the guy's like, "You are." It's like what would actually happen if you were beating a guy while he's just sort of like smiling. He's mm. like, "What is fucking wrong with you?" And then he coaxes him to wishing for like, "I wish you'd put up a better fight." Mm. And she's like, "Great, here we go. You're done, you idiot." And it's fuck. It's a fucking great scene. I think mm. it's my favorite bouncer scene of the franchise. It's very good. It's, it feels. I felt sorry for Johnny Valentine to, to, right. for two right. reasons. He seemed sad, and also they did him. <laughs> they did him dirty yeah. with his death because they just literally put him in a straitjacket and put him in some water. Whereas this guy right, gets right. one of his hands crushed, and the other, the other of his hands just seared and sm- like ultimate flesh, flesh burn. From uh, yeah, and, great. And then he oh, and he just impales him. He bends a railing down and impales him on it. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then throws him in the throws him in the dumpster and makes a trash joke. And makes it's like a, you can pass. ask for anything better. He knows the genie knows the fucking trash schedule. It's incredible. He's like, I hope you can hope your body can wait until Tuesday. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to separate my recycling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who is, what was your, um, oh, wait, I didn't actually choose my, I, I think I'm going Lisa, so it's really obvious, but mm. Lisa is great yeah. in this movie. Uh, yeah, wonderful. We've already talked about her a lot, so I won't really explain it, but yeah, she's just, um, uh, it works. Everything works because of Lisa for me. Absolutely. I think it's a really good example of the, again, another through line of strong, uh, female characters in, in the, in the, in the entire franchise of movies so i think that's a worthy a worthy uh mvp 
I think mine, yep. to be honest with you, is going to be uh, the gin, the actual goddamn gin this time. Because yes. it took me, took me, it not being Andrew Divoff in Wishmaster 3 took me out of it a little. And, right. and I found the new gin to be overly horny, uh, maybe a little bit lascivious, mm-hmm. trying to steal a little bit of uh, Pinhead's uh, shine, shall we say. But in this one, yeah, definitely. He, he, it's clear that the, the gin in Wishmaster 4 still likes to fuck. And mm-hmm. I, he, he, but he's just being a little bit more classy with it this time. He's just, he's, he seems to have got his shit to... Wishmaster 4 feels like the the gin itself like cr- sort of perfected its technique and that's a wonderful right. thing to see from the clumsy beginnings of Wishmaster 1 where you know he's making but turning people into mannequins and stuff like that or whatever the snake guy yeah. was at the start of that you know now he's just got it, he's got it down he knows what he's doing and and you love to see a gin succeed and I'm it's nice to, and and the humbling thing about it is when he was presented with the prophecy about to be fulfilled, he he was having second thoughts because of love, Charles, because of mm. human love. Yeah, no, he's I love that pick, and it's it, we mirror each other nicely. Yeah, it's nice to see like full slut genie in three is fun, but like mm-hmm. secret slut is mm. uh, is a great version mm-hmm. of the genie. Yeah. Oh man, I still I I toyed with giving Tracy MVP too. Like she's every scene she's in is just so good. But runner up for sure. Sh- yeah, runner up. Mm. Well, well, this is. Uh, I guess we still ask when, when will it end? I don't know. Asking when will it end? I wish this had not ended. I hope one day, uh, Shutter will read our our what is it called when you, you our, sp- our spec treatment our treatment. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, of course I'm not asking when we'll done. This is no. better than Terminator. This is like legitimately better than the Terminator franchise. It's, I mean, there's like 11 Hellraiser films and only three of them are good. So <laughs> there's four Wishmaster films and each one is good. Um, yeah. Like, if you haven't seen them, honestly, I would urge you to watch all of them. I would have, uh, you know, if you'd asked me before this, I would have said definitely watch one and two. You don't need to bother with three and four. I would argue that all four of the Wishmaster movies, not only are they cinema rather than just a movie. Mm -hmm. This is cinema we're talking about. But they are also good movies that you will have fun with and enjoy. And in the case of Wishmaster 4, think about things. Yeah. I think, and I loved your reaction to three because if you're, especially if you're a fan of one and two and then you watch three, it's different and it's scary. Mm. Jarring. It's almost like you wished for something and it got all fucked up. Mm-hmm. But I had never, I didn't really have any experience with any of it, so it was really nice that you got a chance to rewatch three and sort of meet it on its terms and be yeah. like, "Oh, this is a different version." And uh, yeah, it's they're all worthwhile. And I, I think I bring up Terminator again. We talked about it earlier mm-hmm. on, but like both franchises are supposedly about like strong women defeating like an unstoppable male force. Mm. And I think this movie experiments with that ways. Each movie is slightly different. Actually, they're all very different. Very different, yeah. And they're all like dealing with that. Mm. And they do it so much better, especially like the Terminator franchise gets so fucked up where this just like maintains that sort of unsettling 
uh, the creepiness of, mm. of just men being shitty. And it's mm. just like, it's mm. such a great franchise. I love it. How would you rank, how would you rank the movies then? We, I'm glad you asked. Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah, please. I'd love to. Do you want to alternate? Yeah. Like start it, start it our, I, I don't, I'm never quite sure how to do this. I do it so infrequently. Like, do you want, we could take turns starting. Oh, no, you go, you, just... you go for, you go, hit me with yours and then I'll hit you with mine. Okay. In reverse order, starting, and the, again, none of these are the worst. Mm. I, mm. I gave them all three and a halfs and fours on Letterboxd. These are all delightful and great. But to rank them, uh, I would go, uh, and this is, I think you're going to be hopefully not mad at me. I could never. But I am going two, one, three, four. Hmm. I I had an inkling that you'd be going for that. And again, if you'd have expressed that to me before we'd undertaken this endeavor, I would have vehemently disagreed with you. Uh-huh. But I, but uh-huh. I can absolutely, I can absolutely appreciate that. Mine's different. Mine, mine would be in reverse order. I think it's difficult because I want to, I want to rate three and four higher, um, because right. they are very good in on in their own terms. But obviously, I can't. In fact, I'll go for, I'll go from top down. It's gonna be, it's it's one, two, four, yep. and then three, because yeah. One and two. I'm including Wishmaster two at number two. I'm. You've got to understand. It's just because the lawyer fucks himself in the ass. It's that one. <laughs> that one scene makes it for me. And also the fact that Andrew Devoff is 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 the is the gin. <laughs> yeah. No. I think I need to watch it again because in my mind it's sort of like oh it's a little more repetitive. But yeah. Now I remember all the Russian shit. It's just like it's so much bigger. I think it's the only movie that attempted to actually like quantify a thousand souls and yeah. have him like really have a master plan and it's very cool it's mm. i think honestly the whole fucking ranking thing is stupid because yeah. like this 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 franchise more maybe more than any like shows that it's idiotic to rank a franchise because like i liked i loved four mm. but i only love four because have how much one worked and mm. it's like mm. i'm putting it above four because it was the most interesting but it's all yeah. just because it like it worked. Mm, uh, absolutely. It's not because one was bad. So it's like, yeah, this movie, it's like basically they all, they're all doing their own crazy thing and I love it all. And mm. uh, yeah, it's, it, they're all, it's like tight. There's no, there's no golfs. This is basically yeah. a flat line ranking mm-hmm. where maybe, you know, if you, if you change the uh, Y axis a little bit to be like incredibly this tiny, uh, then you'll see a little change. But overall, if you're like looking at a normal graph, uh, this is basically just a flat line. Uh, or maybe just one dot. Just a single dot. It's just a single dot chart. Like, what's that? Oh, that's my ranking of the Wishmaster series. I've visualized in a, in a box and whisker chart. Like, what what's is this? Ra- what's this purple circle? Oh, this is my, my <laughs> ranking of the Wishmaster franchise. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, usually that shows appropriate X and Y axes. Hmm. Um, yeah, we're, we're winding things down. I think we sometimes do series MVP. I don't know if you it's sort of been a month-long adventure mm. i don't know if you anything stood out for you as like overall throughout the series i mean i have an idea of who you choose as your series mvp but maybe i'm wrong well i have two ideas uh well let me tell you that i would have to either be johnny valentine or <laughs> or just andrew divoff as the gin like andrew divoff the actor portraying the gin as a yeah you know even though he's only in 50 percent of the franchise 
he was what drew me. His performance is what stuck out to me and stuck with me. Yeah. Since I saw Wishmaster the first time, you know, years and years ago. So I would say uh, if I could have... Yeah, it's a tie between the character of Johnny Valentine and Andrew Divoff, real human actor. Um, I don't... I, I love so much how much you love Johnny Valentine. I love that so much. Oh God, it's great. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I... I don't remember who I chose as my MVP for three, but hmm. I, I think I'm going to give my MVP for the franchise to full slut Jin. Yeah. Prof. Mm-hmm. The prof, the prof in a version of that. Yes, I think that genie changed the game for me in a way that was surprising. And I'm mm. like, that's when a franchise is so good for me is when they stay true to what the franchise is about, but mm. then make it very different. So, yeah, full horny, 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 horny gin. gin. Yeah, gets that. Wow. Um. And I already know you're a series MVD, so that's great. It's Gene, it's guy who fucks himself to uh-huh. death. Um, yep, um, that's good. Um, and you know, I honestly, I I'm not gonna. I've learned my lesson. I'm not ranking anything anymore. Uh, there's so much. There, there, there's too much, too much wonderful carnage for exactly. Just see it all, explore it all, and every time you can like oh i get to see the scene where the genie fuck the genie makes the man fuck himself to death while exactly. two guys just sort of watch i watched that scene over again to get the sound bite i'm including the sound bite of the lawyer going making the funny noise when he, oh. when he first Ooh. Ooh. what was that <laughs> what was that but the, the the two guys just watching it are just like it's so good oh man brilliant priceless well drew this has been uh, a treat, a full wish um, that I was not af- initially maybe afraid if it were fulfilled, but it was um, no tricks and just uh, a lovely time watching the Wishmaster movies with you. It's been delightful. It's always a nice time hanging out, and I'm glad that you've found stuff to love in these movies, and I'm glad that I've been able to complete watching the full franchise and enjoy them as much as you have. Yeah. It's been delightful. It's like especially for a movie series about wishes and them all going wrong like honestly you couldn't have wished for like it's just so nice when we agree and just get to share because like that's the worst especially when i get a special guest on and they introduce something that they really like it's always like oh my god if i hate this that's going to be a hard conversation and thankfully they were just nice genies it was just we just got it was really nice robin williams genie fulfilling this one for us actually got you a little um just got you just down here i've got you a little gift just you know to say thanks for having me on i saw it in one of my you know internet deep dive shopping sprees it's this little red opal i don't know if you would you, would you feel comfortable <gasps> accepting this as a gift from me oh my just, god yeah so how, wait is this is this gonna oh my it's just it just passed through the the screen the prophecy will be fulfilled ah!